as I was thinking about what I could share with you this morning, thinking about that this might be the last time that I preach or teach to you corporately as Grace Point. I was originally going to share one message. It is a book that I've been working on for the past sort of couple of years as I've had time, and maybe I'll have more time coming up to finish that. But as the week's events started to unfold and as people's tensions and blood pressure started rising, I thought instead that we need to refocus on who we are and what we are called to do. So I started thinking about my legacy at Grace Point and honestly about our legacy as Grace Point. I was thinking about how we all in one way or another are going to be leaving these walls at the end of the summer as we're selling this building and moving on to new spaces. And I was thinking about everything that these walls have captured, all the hope, all the transformation, all the healing and good work that has been done. Within these walls, I have found a sense of my own belonging, to sit in my own full skin and my own soul. And I think you have too many of you. We have felt a strong connection to each other and also to our responsibility to this world. In these last eight years, my passion has been to encourage and uplift, whether that's done through music and the arts, whether that's been in one-on-one -on -one conversations, or whether it's been in my teaching and through this stage. That is my passion. Our beliefs here at Grace Point hold that all humans are born in the image of God and thus carry with them inherent worth and dignity. We say over and over and over, we are all beloved. And so it's part of our vocation then to tell people or to remind people who they are at their core. Our call is also to have a positive effect on our world, to be salt and light. In Matthew 5, 13 through 16, the message version reads like this. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you have lost your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? If you've lost your use usefulness, you will end up in the garbage, but we can't. Here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up with God. So be a light that shines. Salt and light, that is our call here at Grace Point and us as individuals. Now my haven, haven loves salt. She's right down here, she chose to light a bunch of candles. I'm sure that she had a lot of prayers. It's not just that she likes fire. Right, babe? Yes. <laughs> she just turned eight this week, and we went to the Mexican restaurant for her birthday, and this child puts so much salt on her chips. In fact, she just sits there, and if we aren't looking, she will just pour that salt directly into her mouth. Yes, she loves salt. So now I've been thinking a lot about what salt is and how it actually functions, and if we play out this analogy for a minute of being salt and light. Salt can be used to preserve food. It draws out moisture so that something good in that food can last longer. So my question for us today is what are we doing to help something good and beautiful and true last longer? I also read this morning that adding salt to foods actually helps certain molecules in the food more easily release into the air and thus helping the aroma of the food which is important in our perception of taste. 
So salt then helps food fully release and be actually all it can be for ourselves. So when we are called then to be salt to this world, my question is, are you in your life or are you in a certain situation actually helping that person or that situation to be their best, to be their most loving, to be their wisest? Because I believe that's what we're called to do in this world. Salt challenges the taste of food and it enhances it to be something even better. That is our call as well. Another call is for us to be light. Looking at all these candles this morning, our call is for us to be light. Luke 179 says, give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. Guide our feet into the way of peace. See, we have been called to be a voice that will stand up for and to injustice. When I think about the stances that we've taken here together, this light that we have boldly held, the changes that we've made with our theology, the pushes for the advancement of human rights, that is something that we should be here today and be proud of. Yes, we have done well and done good work. And so my hope today is that we can renew this sense that first we can know the power of our own individual capacities and then understand our connection, not only to each other here, but our connection to all people and to this world and creation. Friends, there is a river that is flowing. This river of God is life-giving. It is sustaining and it is creative. It is moving us towards the fullest expression of the beloved community if we will choose to participate and get in this water. In Ezekiel 47 in the Old Testament, there's this beautiful word picture of God as a river. It says, then he led me back along the bank of the river. And as I went, I saw upon the bank of the river, very many trees on the side and on the other. And wherever that river was going, every living creature which swarms in it lives. There will be many fish, it says, for the water goes there, that the waters of the sea then will become fresh so that everything will live where the river goes. Think about that, this river of God. Everything will live where this river goes. And we can look around our world and so desperately see that this world is in need of a life-giving river. It is in need of the good and the true and the beautiful. You can turn on the news right now. You can look in our social media feeds. You can see and hear many things that are destructive and hindering life. And for many of us, when we see that, our response is that to first close our fist and fight or get ready with rocks to hurl and throw. But I think when we choose to be in that stance, that stance is coming from fear. And fear creeps in when we don't remember who we actually are. And every time we push into fear, we are swimming to the shore and we are choosing to get out of this river. But we have a constant and open invitation at any time to dive back into this. And it would do us all good, I think, for us to assess ourselves and ask, right now, am I stagnant? Am I on dry land in this moment or in this situation? Or am I choosing to submerge myself in the life and river of God? Because this river of life, this thing we call God, if we are open to this river, if we are open to God, I believe all kinds of possibilities can await for us in front of us. God wants to take us to new places, each and every one of us as transformative. We can transform and grow in this life and grow as a community. And I want to be open to that. For this river keeps flowing. And if you think about water, water is always and forever moving and it will seek the lowest place. We must let water be our teacher here today. 
I read a poem that once says, when I fear or forget or have believed lies about my soul and my humanity and God, I seek out water. I see how it offers life as it flawlessly flows and forms to the shape of this world and to the contours of land. This river is calling all of us forward. One of the sermons that I've given here at Grace Point that's truly become my very heartbeat was the message that I gave a little over a year ago reminding us that we are all diamonds. And how appropriate that I could say this again this week within this current situation, the quote that said, under pressure, she became a diamond. Under pressure, he became unbreakable. That is you and that is me right here, right now. In the Psalms, Scripture says in Psalm 8, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. And when I look at your heavens, at the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, he asks, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet, and that word is so important anytime you see it, yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them, that is you and me, dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under our feet. That verse speaks of the very truth of this brilliant diamond that is inside each and every life. This speaks of your worth and your dignity as a human born in the image of God with divinity inside of you. So listen, there is a you and a me that is greater than our smallness. There is a you and me recognizing that our times, we are strong people frustrating our very potential of strength. There is a you and me that is stronger than our weaknesses, that is wiser than our foolishness and better than any mistake that we make. So when we find ourselves in a situation where we don't have harmony in our lives, if you sense something is off or you are not reflecting this light that is inside of you, if you sense this pressure is forming, I ask that we pay attention to it. I've had so many conversations lately with people where they are realizing that this pressure is high and out of their pain, their initial response is destruction. But we must listen to the pressure we must mine this diamond and we must choose a higher path. Now we're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna miss this mark in the process, which is the very definition of sin, but we can use our mistakes as opportunities to teach us and to grow us. This diamond inside of you and me can reflect integrity, honesty, humility, courage, and love. It can also choose to live out of justice and mercy equally. These are values, I believe, and key for the beloved community and for living out this abundant life that we all have the capacity to live. The key is not first for us to wrap our head around a fixed set of doctrines, I think, but once we get these values right, then the rest will seemingly fall into place because I've seen it over and over again when people all over our spectrum all over our spectrum, when they choose to live with love, when they choose to act out of justice and mercy and choose to be salt and light, they are reflecting that diamond. When we operate out of our capacity and out of a sense of peace, you will find yourself willingly there with open hearts and minds and hands, able to lean in and still gently ask questions, yes, but you will find yourself submerged in this river of love. And hear me, we can still assess things, yes, we can do so though with maturity, but your posture should change and it should not be threatening. 
you realize then in those moments that there is grace and that there is freedom. And with that freedom comes great responsibility. So when we make mistakes, recognize it and let's mine these diamonds because then I believe we will start to actualize our lives and our capacities. We should understand our full birthright as children of God and our inheritance, and then we should choose to live this out. Because we, all of us, we were made for transcendence, but sometimes we can get in the way of ourselves. And we should realize that shallow living is below us and beneath us. And that this kind of living, whenever we choose to live shallow, it's keeping us close to the shore. But this river that we're invited to is full of deep waters. And the deep waters, that is where justice and mercy is birthed and thrives. In the deep water, that is where life-giving principles are nurtured and grown. In the deep water, it begins to cultivate and shape and mold us into our best self. So thinking about justice, justice can be described as this quality of being equitable or fair. And then mercy, mercy means compassionate forbearance shown to an offender. Mercy is kindness and goodness and faithfulness. So for us as diamonds to be both just and merciful, it may seem like a high ideal or far reaching, but yet I believe this is the dream of God for us. I want us to remind, uh, I wanted to remind us this morning as Stuart, is Stuart here? He so beautifully called us on Tuesday night to be reminded that we are together in this. That is why we chose to sing it again this morning to recognize that it's not just you and me, it is us. It is you and I choosing to link arm in arm. It is not just enough for one of us to carry out justice and mercy, but we are all called to that together, working hand in hand. And so at the heart of mercy is understanding and hope. It is the very extension of the hopeful theology, which is our theology here at Grace Point. It is a view that says people can be better than their worst. So our response to realizing that we are all beloved children of God, that everyone is this diamond then, is to be able to be a people then of justice who generate hope who affirm that this belovedness is in all of humanity and creation. That then is the dream of God to which we are called. But you'll realize there's always conflict with that dream. There's always been conflict in the systems and structures of this world. But friends, this dream of God is alive and in hard times we must remind ourselves of this, that this river is swiftly flowing and that we must be persistent to stay in it. Listen, our conflict is never with just one person or with one group of people. It is often with systems and structures in our world that affect all of us. And I have learned that most from my time in prison behind bars. When I often first, when I would go in and I would see these men and women who were criminals, I wanted to put the blame solely on them, realizing only the more time I spent with them thinking about their background thinking about the family structure in which they grew up, thinking about the culture and towns in which they came. And you begin to then understand that we don't just need to correct the ways of a person. We need to focus on and look at the systems and the structure that created those things in the first place. I'll never forget at Wild Goose a couple of years ago, this festival that many of us are a part of every summer, Pastor Dr Tracy Blackman, who if you don't know her, I encourage you to go find her online. She was preaching and she offered a comment that just hit me smack dab in the heart that day. It was right after the shootings at Emmanuel AME Church. And she said in her sermon, 
It would be easy to label the shooter of nine black bodies as a demon who pulled the trigger and then refused to see the racist systems and society who continue to load the gun. It is both. We have to see both. There is much conflict with this dream of God because of these systems. And we need to figure that out quickly, I think, because people are dying and people are being held back. So that slang term sometimes when someone says you're being salty, it means that sometimes you're being angry. And if we're going to be angry or salty, I hope that we have a righteous anger, that we are standing up for things that are in, uh, unjust for people and for groups of people. We must make it our responsibility to be both bridge builders and light and also disruptors in movements on behalf of God and justice. There is some fire in this light inside of us, and I hope you feel that this morning. Grace Point and we as individuals have been called to reshape the social landscape, and in many ways, I think we already have. We already have. For me, Christianity was never about creating an institution that stays inside its own walls, but always about a beautiful community that steps outside of its structures and would be salt and light that would permeate our world. So remember life, your life, my life. It is begotten from stardust. We talked about it this past Ash Wednesday, that you are radiant with both light and fire. Goodness, if we could wrap our minds around that, that you, beloved, you, diamond, are both light and fire. You are light to be able to show the way of beauty to this world and fire to spark up some holy goodness here too. When we proclaimed last, uh, at Ash Wednesday, we were proclaiming on ourselves, over ourselves, from stardust we have come, and to stardust we shall return. And your life in between those two points deeply matters. From stardust you have come, and to stardust you shall return. And your life, everything that happens in between those two moments deeply matters. We have a responsibility here. Typically during Ash Wednesday services, there's always a time of recognition for your sins and then an absolution by the priest. But I longed for us this past Ash Wednesday to be reminded and know that we all hold the power to forgive. Not just the pastor, not just the priest, but every one of us. And so we did something during that service that I would ask for us to do again this morning. I want us to do it today. And so in just a moment, I would love for you to turn around to the people around you, and some of you might have to get up in order to do this. And I want you to calmly place your hand on their shoulder very gently, and without needing to know what mistake they've made, without needing to know how they haven't met their fullest capacity, I want you to look them in the eyes and say with deep compassion, you are forgiven. You are forgiven. And then allow that person to say that back to you. And again, I want all of us to do it. So if you notice that someone hasn't been touched yet, I ask that you do multiple people. So right now I want to invite you, turn around, look at the people around you, place your hand on a shoulder and look them in the eyes and say, you are forgiven.
Shouldn't this be a practice that we do more often? Acknowledgement of forgiveness is where healing can begin. And we can all use a little healing and we can all use a little forgiveness, yes? So I hope you feel that this morning. The first great song in the stories of scripture comes after Exodus. Soon after the Jews had left Egypt, this place of enslavement, the story goes that many families suffered the loss of loved ones during that time of darkness. And imagine how much pain the survivors felt together. Imagine how much shame they could have focused on for choosing to stay captive in Egypt for so long. Yet instead of looking back in this moment, they found within themselves the ability to transcend all adversity and join Moses in a song of hope. The children of Israel refused to extinguish their inner spark. And so this is our call today. This is my call today, that this song of life must carry on. And we must remember this message, that we cannot lose hope. Even in the most difficult of times, there is always a better way. We need to feel the call of being co-conspirators of that different and more expansive way. We need to feel the call to bring light to all the dark places and the systems in our world. And so today, I call you to remember who you are as diamonds. I call you to stand up in confidence in that and because of that, to go out into our world and to bring a light of hope and a fire of change that is so needed. Many of you lit candles this morning and as you look at those flames, notice that they are stubborn. They dance and they move in a way that cannot be controlled. Those flames represent this divine promise that even the smallest light can chase away darkness. And we, all of us, you and I, I see much light and much fire here. And I am grateful to have been a part of it. Would you close your eyes? So we pray this morning. We pray to open all the dark places in our lives. We open up all the sorrow and the pain to this healing light. We open those places to joy as well and to the creative power of hope. We prepare our hearts and our lives to be transformed again and again. May we never stop growing so that we may fully reflect this diamond inside of us. We pray that we may walk with the light that we may live in this joy and we, we may be constantly led by hope. We stand this morning in peace and assurance of who we are and what we are called to in this moment. If anyone remembers my name, if I'm ever known for anything, let it be I ran into the night Running with the firelight, firelight If anyone remembers my name If I'm ever known for anything Let it be I ran into the night Running with the firelight, firelight If anyone remembers my name If I'm ever known
If we're ever known for anything Maybe we ran into the night Running with the firelight Would you try to sing that? If anyone remembers our name If we're ever known for anything Maybe we ran into the night Running with the firelight, firelight If anyone remembers our name If we're ever known for anything Maybe we ran into the night Running with the firelight, firelight May this be our legacy as Grace Point No matter where it goes and how it continues I hope you all have an amazing week God bless you, we love you